Time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. Welcome in, Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. It is Monday, September 19th. Oh, what a weekend. Whew. Started Friday night. Louisville with the loss at home to Florida State. Kentucky with a shutout win. Indiana with a come-from-behind, improbable victory against Western Kentucky. And there were some crazy games in college football over the weekend. Purdue-Syracuse? Whoo! I don't know how Jeff Brown's feeling today. Can't be great. Can't be great. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 384-1450, if you'd like to join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Thornton's text line available as well, 502-414-1450. Get your text into the show at that number. And don't forget, Summer Cash Bash continues at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member wins $10,000, $10, easy for me to say, all summer long with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Two steps, open your Refreshing Rewards app, click on the Summer Cash Bash icon, that's it, you're entered. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. That's Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. Not a Refreshing Rewards member, text REWARDS to 803-13 today. And hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Apologize if you tuned in for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Matt was off today, and we had some dead air there, so uh, we're back and better than ever. Six-pack, the unsponsored six-pack, went 4-2 and two for the second week in a row, 3-0 and oh in the college games. Really excited when I sat down yesterday, my 3-0 and oh start on the parlay, feeling pretty good. And then the Saints happened, and then later the Bengals happened. So 4-2. and two, Oregon, Washington, Texas A&M were my winners in college. The Giants, the New York football Giants, were my pro winner. Four and two, good weekend. I gave you a Louisville Friday night. That was sort of from the heart. That was a hopeful kind of thing. Two and a half point dogs. Florida State wins at 35-31, so that's a loser. I'll try to get it right again here tonight. Pros have been brutal. Pro football has been unpredictable through two weeks. It's like watching NBA games. Because if you watch NBA games, you realize that teams get a big lead and then they somehow let the other team back in the game. And in the fourth quarter, you have a big comeback and the last two minutes decide who wins the game. And that's what the NFL has been the first two weeks. Yesterday, Baltimore led Miami 35-7. to Thirty-five to seven, thirty-five to fourteen, going into the fourth quarter, and lost forty-two thirty-eight. Cleveland led the Jets thirty to seventeen with under two minutes to play, and lost to the Jets thirty-one thirty. Um, the Rams in Atlanta. The Rams had them beat. It was thirty-one to ten at one point. Finished 31-27. Rams able to hold on. The Raiders. The Raiders are now 0-2. 
They had a 23-7 lead. They were cruising in against Arizona, who lost at home last week to uh, Kansas City. Kyler Murray leads two touchdowns, two two-point conversions, and then an overtime fumble return for a touchdown, and Arizona knocks off the Raiders in Las Vegas, 29-23. It has been unbelievably crazy in the NFL. The Giants, the Jets, the Lions, and the Jaguars all won yesterday. That is the first time those four teams won on the same weekend in 12 years, 11 years, excuse me, 2011. Jets, Giants, Jaguars, Lions. All won yesterday. So, as little as I know about college football and point spreads and what's going to happen, I know even less in the pro game. I had the Rams yesterday. 31-10, to 10, giving 10, feeling pretty good about myself. They almost lost the game. I had the Ravens yesterday, minus three and a half. 21-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Not good, Bob. Lamar Jackson was great. Tua Tonga-Vailoa was better. Six touchdown passes. And the Dolphins are 2-0. and oh. See what I did there? The Dolphins are 2-0. and oh. And they've got great skill players. Their 1-2 receiving core punch of Tyreek Hill and uh, the kid from Alabama, whose name escapes me now. Boy, that's embarrassing. Jalen Waddell. I didn't have to look it up. It just came to me. I'm old. I just forget things now. I just forget things out of nowhere. Ah, incredible game. That was a fun game to watch. You know what was not a fun game to watch? New Orleans and Tampa Bay. Not because I lost that game in the six-pack. Because it was 3-3 in the, after three quarters. Tom Brady, Jameis Winston, 3-3 three three going into the fourth quarter. Then you have a brawl. Mike Evans gets kicked out for Tampa. Marshawn Lattimore gets kicked out for New Orleans. I said at the time, I looked at the TV because my wife doesn't want to watch football with me, and I said, this hurts New Orleans more than it hurts Tampa Bay. And lo and behold, not long after that, Tom Brady throws one down the right sideline where Marshawn Lattimore usually plays defense and hits Brett Perryman for a touchdown and made a 10-3 Tampa. They get a defensive score and cruise from there. But that game was boring. Boring. It was as boring as the Dolphins-Ravens game was as exciting. So we'll get to the NFL. I know I jumped on it early here. Let's start with college football. By the way, also, I've got good weekend, bad weekend. That's back. Who had a good weekend? Who had a bad weekend? We'll get to that. Florida State 35, Louisville 31. The Cards are now 0-2 in conference, 1-2 overall. The good feeling the Cardinal fan had after the win at Central Florida is now gone. Because you're 0-2 in the conference, 0-2 in the Atlantic Division of the ACC. In the last 18 Louisville losses, all under Scott Satterfield, UofL has outgained their opponent 
in yards in 10 of those 18 games. They outgained Florida State 495 yards to 457 yards. Why can't they win the close ones? I was at media day. I I drank the Kool-Aid. I sat there and listened to three different coaches, including Scott Satterfield, tell me that this team is going to win the close games this year. Last year, we put it behind us. It's not how it's going to be anymore. We are ready for the close games. Clemson last year should have won. Virginia should have won. There were four games last year where the Cardinals thought they should have won those games, and they're probably right. Now, Central Florida last year, they won that game. They probably should have lost it. So it's a plus three there. Plus three in wins last year. The Cards should have gone nine and three last year instead of six and six. Okay, but the numbers tell you you went six and six. It's going to be different this year. I jumped in the pool. I listened. I drank the Kool-Aid. It wasn't different on Friday night. Another close loss. Malik Cunningham, okay. Loved his performance, 21 of 34, 243 yards, a touchdown, the late interception, 17 carries, 127 yards, two touchdowns. He was feeling good, man. He was feeling his oats. Malik came to play. Jawar Jordan, 17 carries, 91 yards. Cards were missing two running backs, but they're deep at that position. They had Jordan. They had Cooley. Evans, Tyon Evans didn't play. Game time decision. But Jordan was good, 17 for 91. Jordan Travis of Florida State, former Louisville Cardinal, 13 of 17, 157. Two touchdowns, one interception, lower leg injury. And then the sub comes in. And as a fan, you always think this is good for our team. We don't want anybody to get hurt. I get that. But you know what? We got their sub in now. He's probably not as good of a thrower. We're going to get after him. Going to make it difficult for him. Tate Rotomaker, sophomore. 6 of 10, 109, two touchdowns, one interception. The game plan was simple. As I watched the replay Saturday morning, throw it to Johnny Wilson. He's 6 foot 7, 6 8. Throw it up to him. Seven catches, 149, two touchdowns, both touchdowns in the fourth quarter when Mike Norvell said, you're not our starting quarterback. Throw it up close to Johnny Wilson and let's let him go get it and win the game. And he did. 46,459 in attendance. It's a Friday night. It's a home game under the lights on ESPN. You should fill the place if you want to be considered a football program. I don't know how else to say it. 77% of Cardinal Stadium was full on Friday night. That's not good enough. As a fan base, that's not good enough. You're not playing South Florida. You're playing Florida State. There's no excuse not to have 95% of that stadium full on Friday night. None. And I know there are bad seats in that stadium. The flight deck, 
or whatever you want to call the side opposite the press box, those are nosebleed seats, and you can't see very well. And it's straight up. And the Adidas end zone, those seats up higher aren't much better. I get it. Do you want to be a football program? You want to be taken seriously in the ACC? You don't fill up the stadium at 77% against Florida State in primetime. You just don't. It's borderline embarrassing. You're not 0-2. You're coming off of a nice win at Central Florida. Momentum is there for the taking. It's there. You win this game, then you got South Florida, Boston College, Virginia, all winnable games coming up. And you don't show up. You don't show up. Kentucky played Youngstown State, the Penguins. Kentucky had 93, excuse me, 97% capacity at Kroger Field. Indiana, who won two games last year, two, was playing Western Kentucky from Conference USA. 93% of Memorial Stadium was full for a noon game against WKU. 93%. Kentucky's a basketball school. They're having a great year in football. They want to, you know, Mark Stoops wants to argue that it's a football school. Okay, argue until you're blue, no pun intended, blue in the face. They filled up 97% for Youngstown State at noon. And Indiana, 93% to take on a group of five opponents. 93% at noon on a Saturday. And Louisville against a conference opponent, big big game, big name Florida State, 77%. (sighs) That tells me you don't care enough. You don't. You don't care. Yeah, maybe if they were 2-0, we fill it up. You're 1-1. You're not 0-2. If you beat Florida State, you're back in the hunt, believe it or not, for the Atlantic Division of the ACC, which is gettable this year. I've watched Clemson. I've watched North Carolina State. They're they're good. They're not great. The conference division was gettable. That game Friday night was gettable. The crowd that was there was loud. You could tell on television. The crowd was loud. But it would have been louder had you gotten another 10 grand in there. Maybe more disruptive. So turnovers hurt the cards. They had three. Florida State had two. Penalties. Louisville had 11 penalties for 95 yards. Florida State only six for 39 yards. Those are, those are hidden yards. That's hidden yardage. One more turnover means one more possession for the opposition. And you lost by four points. And you outgained them offensively. South Florida, Saturday at noon. Louisville is a 13-point favorite at home for a noon game against the South Florida team that gave Florida all they wanted in the swamp this week. What percentage of Cardinal Stadium will be filled for South Florida 
if you can't put more than 77% in the stands for the Florida State Seminoles on a Friday night, how many are coming to see the South Florida Bulls on a Saturday at noon? 50%? 60%? I'm interested to see. Because this is not a glamour game. It's not. But Youngstown State was not a glamour game for Kentucky. Western Kentucky was not a glamour game for Indiana. And they almost filled their stadiums. All right, we'll take a break. Kentucky wins handily. Indiana with a cup from behind win. We'll talk about all that. Get to the NFL. Maybe some baseball. Probably won't have time, though. I'm not going to lie to you. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Eminem Cartage hotline is open, 384-1450, 502-384-1450. would like to join in the conversation. Thornton's text line open as well, 502 414 1450, get your text into that number, 414-1450. Texter says, just my opinion. Story of the NFL so far is when you don't play starters in the preseason, you get these sloppy games. Yep, Denver yesterday, Russell Wilson and the new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, are getting booed. It is the first home game in the Russell Wilson era at Denver. They did win. They uh, struggled the whole game, but outlasted Houston 16-9. But Nathaniel Hackett has dropped the ball twice already. Settling for the field goal in week one, a 58-yard field goal attempt at the end of the game against Seattle, that didn't work. Yesterday, late game, tie game, he's got uh, fourth and five, fourth and four, excuse me, and keeps Russell Wilson in the game too long. Sends the field goal unit out. They don't call timeout. The snap is late. Brandon McManus makes the field goal, which would have given uh, the Broncos the three points. But the flag had come out, delay of game. They moved it back five yards. He didn't use one of his two timeouts to make sure they didn't have a delay of game. And then they punted. And the Boo Birds rang down at Mile High Stadium, or whatever it's called in Denver now. And those Broncos, one of the teams that famously this season did not play any starters in their first three preseason games. In their three preseason games. You don't have a fourth preseason game anymore. And the Broncos said, nope, we're going to rest everybody. We don't want anybody to get hurt. And they were almost, almost 0-2 in the Russell Wilson era. You know who's 0-2? Your Indianapolis Colts. Shut out by Jacksonville. 24-0. I'll say that again. Shut out by Jacksonville. Now, the Jaguars have a lot of good young talent. They do, including the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. But it's still Jacksonville. You're still the coach. You brought in Matt Ryan. You brought in some offensive line help. You've got seven Pro bowlers, all pros, who came back this year. New quarterback, got rid of Carson Wentz. He was blamed for just about everything last year. And you're 0-2. I wonder how long Frank Reich lasts as head coach of the Colts now. Because your last three games, 
week 17 last year, or 17th game last year, you lose at home to Jacksonville when all you had to do was win to get in the playoffs. Game one this year ends in a tie against the Houston Texans. And yesterday you get shut out by the same Jaguar team that knocked you out of the playoffs last year. Things do not look good in Indianapolis right now. Oh, by the way, you got the Chiefs this weekend coming up. So we'll see how long Frank Reich, uh, how long he's there before he's got to clean out his desk. All right, we'll get back to the NFL. Kentucky now ranked eighth in the country. I don't know why they jumped Oklahoma State, but they did. Oklahoma State beat Arkansas Pine Bluff Saturday 63-7. to But that wasn't good enough to stay number eight in the country. They dropped to number nine. Kentucky up to number eight after a 31-0 win over Youngstown State. First shutout for the Cats since 2009 when they shut out Miami of Ohio 42 to nothing. Uh, that is 13 years, if I'm doing the math right. The Penguins were 0 for 10 on third down. Will Levis, 27 of 35, 377, two touchdowns, two interceptions. They left him in this game for a couple of extra series. Uh, maybe that's to promote him for Heisman, get his numbers up a little higher. I don't know the answer to that. But I thought he should have been out of this game a little bit earlier. But 377 through the air. Cavassier smoke, 18 carries, 66 and a touchdown. Dane Key is something else. If you haven't seen Kentucky, watch this freshman, true freshman receiver from Frederick Douglass High School in Lexington. Dane Key, six catches, 90 yards, a touchdown. And it certainly appears like Will Levis loves throwing the ball to Dane Key. Tavion Robinson's the number one receiver. He is. Number one receiver. But Dane Key, I think, is Will Levis's favorite receiver. Kentucky ran up 480 yards, uh, held Youngstown State to 192. I've said this before. This team is all about defense. You can talk about Will Levis all you want. But this team is about defense. They make it very difficult on the opponent. And if Youngstown State and Miami of Ohio were the only two um, you know, samples I had, I might not be so high. But that Florida game in the swamp, you know, shut out the Gators in the second half. I know Anthony Richardson's not as good as everybody made him out to be after Florida's win over Utah. I get it. It's still Florida. It's still the swamp. They still hadn't been shut out in the second half since uh, 2017 against Michigan. Kentucky defense is good. J.J. Weaver goes down with what looked like an elbow injury on the replay, hyperextension of some sort. He was in a lot of pain. Uh, Mark Stoops is at the podium right now holding his uh, weekly press conference, but after the game he said it didn't look like Weaver would be out uh, for an extended period of time. That's good news. Jordan Wright's a beast. Uh, the freshman nose guard is a beast. Carrington Valentine is a very confident cornerback. Very confident. I would say cocky, but I'm not going to, even though I just did. I'm going to say he's very confident in his skills set. Had an interception to uh, preserve the shutout. Teams and Florida, you know, I really noticed this at Florida. They throw out. At him a lot because he, you know, they think he's the weak link. And so far, 
Three games in, he has been anything but the weak link on that defense. In fact, there hasn't been a weak link on that defense. Northern Illinois this Saturday, 7.30 game, or 7 o'clock game, excuse me, ESPN2, the Cats and the Huskies. Northern Illinois led for a long time uh, the other night before succumbing and losing to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, 38-28. Kentucky is a 25-and-a-half-point favorite over the Huskies at Kroger Field Saturday night. And again, let's see what kind of crowd the Cats bring. I, I assume uh, it'll be 97% full again. I mean, if you fill it up for a Saturday after, for a Saturday noon game, it certainly makes sense that you almost fill it up for a Saturday night game. And it's look-ahead week, right? It's look-ahead week because you got Ole Miss on the road the following week. Lane Kiffin. They're undefeated. They shut out Georgia Tech, trying to make up for that Ole Miss game last year. So uh, you don't want to look ahead. Don't want to look ahead. But it's look ahead week. Indiana, nice win. Any win's a good win when you won two the previous year. But the, the Hoosiers are 3-0. and They're 3-0. and They're 1-0 in the Big Ten. All three wins have been come from behind, Illinois, Idaho, and Western Kentucky, 33-30 to in overtime. You got a late touchdown, a late two-point conversion just to be able to get it to overtime. And um, I don't know what Connor Bazelak and the offense was doing at overtime. Western Kentucky had failed to score, and all you needed was a field goal, and you go backwards a couple times. However, Charles Campbell does hit the 50-yard field goal. Would have been good from probably 63. And you get the win. But 43 seconds left in regulation. The Hoosiers able to get a, a touchdown and a two-point conversion to send it to overtime. They trailed. It felt like they trailed the whole game. They trailed most of the game. It felt, felt like they trailed the entire time. They were down at halftime, down after three quarters. Connor Bazelak was 33 of 55, 364 yards, two touchdowns. Here's the key number, no picks. No turnovers for this Indiana team. Josh Henderson, 11 carries, 65 yards, a touchdown. Western Kentucky had two turnovers. Again, the losing team here outgained the winning team. Almost 100 yards. Western's an explosive offense. They're explosive. They're, you know, they're two and one now. 566 yards of offense for the Hilltoppers. Indiana had 472. 364 of which is on the arm of Connor Bazelak. I don't know how good he is. The transfer, I don't know how good he is. But Saturday, he didn't make any glaring mistakes. That's all Tom Allen can ask for. Don't make any big mistakes. We've got some decent defense here. If we turn it over, we cannot win. And I don't know how many games they win the rest of the season. I had them beaten Western. I had them 4-0. But I also had them 4-8. I anticipated four wins to begin the season for Indiana. So far, so good. Now, they go to Cincinnati this week. Indiana is a 17-point underdog at Cincinnati. 
I picked them to win this game in the preseason. I'm I'm waffling on that prediction as we speak. Uh, I did pick Louisville to beat Florida State. Let me put an X through that W. Uh, Ed, I'm going to put an X through that W for you too. Tony Burke got that one right. We all picked uh, Kentucky to win easily. Purdue and Syracuse, I don't even know if I want to talk about it. Any other fan had to love it. But personally, I did not. All three of us had win- Purdue winning at Syracuse. All three of us obviously were mistaken. <sighs> Purdue had that game won. Had it won. That's twice this year. Twice they've had the game won and lost. Purdue should be 3-0. and They should be 3-0. and How do you give up a 25-yard touchdown pass with seven seconds to go to lose a football game? How do you do it? Syracuse had to have a touchdown. Had to have a touchdown. It was 29-25 Purdue. You're not in zone. You're in man-to-man. Really? And I know Jeff Brom's not the defense coordinator, but this all falls on the head coach. It always does. It always does. And it has to, right? You're the face of the program. You're it. It doesn't matter if you don't call the defense. It doesn't matter if the defense coordinator is in charge of all defensive aspects. Hey, I'm the offensive play caller. I'm in charge of the offense. Well, you know what? The offense was only leading 9-3 to going into the fourth quarter. So the offense wasn't good either. What a, It was an entertaining game. The final was 32-29. to It was 10-9 to going into the fourth quarter. 42 points were scored in the fourth quarter. That game hit the over, by the way. It was 10-9. to There's no chance that's going to hit over. It hit the over. <sighs> gambling, man. That's why they don't call it winning. That's why they call it gambling. Uh, but Jeff Brom's team is now 1-2. and two. You lost the opener, a really good Penn State team. Penn State was very impressive at Auburn this week. That's a good team. So there's nothing to be embarrassed by losing that game. The way you lost it, yes, a little bit embarrassing. And Syracuse, I said this Friday, Ed was on the show with me. I said, we don't know how good Syracuse is. They might be better than we think. They are. They're better than we thought they were going to be before the season started because they're Syracuse, right? It's like Kansas. Kansas is 3-0. Well, then they're better than we thought they were going to be because Kansas is always terrible in football. Over under Kansas wins in Vegas was two and a half. They're three and oh. If you bet the over, you already won, and it's September 19th. Two and a half. They're three and oh. In fact, think about this basketball schools Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, Indiana, football are all three and oh. That's uh just feels weird to say. Feels weird to say. All right, the Hoosiers are at Cincinnati, as I mentioned. That's a Saturday 3.30 game on ESPN2. And as I mentioned, the Bearcats, 17-point favorites. They beat Miami of Ohio this week. They played that game in Paul Brown Stadium uh, on Saturday. It was a home game for Miami. However, the game was 
actually in Cincinnati, not Oxford, Ohio, but they played at Paul Brown Stadium. Neutral site, uh, as I do the air quotes, it was a neutral site game. Cincinnati was the home team. Now, Miami brought some fans because I watched part of that game and it sounded like both fan bases were well represented. I'm guessing it was half and half because there were cheers when Miami did something right. There were cheers when Cincinnati did something right. But the Bearcats get that win. They're 2-1 and one now, and uh, it's, a, it's a fun game. Indiana-Cincinnati is a fun game. Uh, the Hoosiers stay in it for a while here. I think they can pull it off. But you got to stay in it early. You can't get behind on the road. Nippert Stadium. Ah, uh, that's a jungle. It's not the jungle, but it's a jungle. You don't want to go into Nippert. All right, good weekend, bad weekend coming up. We'll talk some more NFL. Bats have a series beginning tonight. They usually don't play on Monday, but they're at home tonight against Nashville. Final series of the season, six-game set starts tonight, 635 first pitch, 605 pregame right here on the Big X with uh, Nick and uh, Jim. So uh, if you're looking for some baseball tonight, should be a a gorgeous night. It's going to be hot Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but it's going to cool down Thursday. Uh, This is a meteorology report brought to you by Dave Reichel and John Spears. We'll take a break, come back with more. Listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cardage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by M&M Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment on this Monday. Uh, don't forget, M&M Cartage hotline's open. 384-1450 to join in on the conversation. 384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well. 502-414-1450. Don't forget, Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's continues each week. One lucky refreshing rewards member will win $10,000 all summer long with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app, click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Bud Light 12-packs, Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, large Doritos, hot dogs, many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. That's Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. Not a Refreshing Rewards member? Become one today. Text rewards to 80313 and hit me up on the Thornton's text line 502-414-1450. All right, game times uh, two weeks from now. Kentucky and Ole Miss in Oxford, ESPN, noon. Yikes. That's 11 a.m. Oxford, Mississippi time. You're going to have to get up early to party in the Grove. Now, this might be the best chance for the Cats to win the game, being at noon. Hopefully, the uh, students at Ole Miss will party Friday night and not be ready for a noon game or 11 a.m. game in Oxford. Louisville and Boston College in Chestnut Hill. That will also be a noon game, uh, same day, October 1st. Still waiting to see on Indiana at Nebraska. Uh, Some uh, news and notes here before we get to good weekend, bad weekend. Herm Edwards out as head coach at Arizona State. Got fired Saturday night after the uh, Sun Devils lost at home to Eastern Michigan. Uh, Urban Meyer, the next head coach at Arizona State, question mark. He's been mentioned at Nebraska. Now he's going to be mentioned at Arizona State. 
Is Urban Meyer a college coach next season, and will it be for one of those two programs? I don't know if, if you want him in Tempe. It's a part. It's sort of a party town, and Urban's gotten himself in trouble before. Uh, Nebraska, Lincoln, great fan base. Big Ten, back in the Big Ten for Urban Meyer? Question mark. We'll see. Little baseball news: The Braves and Mets both swept their series this weekend. They both still have fifty-five losses. The Braves have two more games to play. The Mets have uh, have a one-game lead, but the Braves have. Two games in hand where they can uh, – well, the, the Mets actually, I guess, have two wins in hand, waiting to see what the Braves do. So, uh, you know, that that's coming down to the wire. The beauty of that is you want to be – you want to get the bye, but you don't want to be like the Astros or the Dodgers where you're just cruising to the end because it's dangerous. You get into bad habits. And all of a sudden you play a team that's been basically playing playoff games for the last six weeks – and you got to try to somehow dial that energy back up yourself again. By the way, the Mets uh, start a set with Milwaukee tonight. The Braves are at home against Washington. Advantage Atlanta there. My, uh, Aaron Judge hit his 58th and 59th home runs in Milwaukee yesterday. He is now two away from tying the American League record held by former Yankee Roger Maris at 61, three away from breaking that American League record, and doing it in the pinstripes. Also, by the way, he leads the league in homers, leads the league in RBIs, and is third by percentage points here in batting average. Aaron Judge could win the Triple Crown. Uh, Albert Pujols hit his fifty, his uh, 698th home run over the weekend. Two more to get to 700. I said I didn't think he was going to get there. I hope he does. I don't know if, if anybody's going to throw him some lollipops so he can get it. You know, oh, no, I left a slider over the inner half. Up. Not good. Uh, I hope he gets it. Uh, I didn't think he was going to coming into the year. He's a lot closer than I thought he was ever going to get, but we'll see. All right, good weekend, bad weekend. Let's start with good weekend. Appalachian State. Now, they beat North Carolina in the opener in a shootout, 63-61. to 61. Or they, they, I'm sorry, they lost to North Carolina. But a great game. They scored 40 points in the fourth quarter. Then they beat Texas A&M in College Station. ESPN Game Day came to Boone, North Carolina on Saturday. App State against Troy. Troy had the game won. In fact, Troy intentionally took a safety late in the game and then gave, gave App State the ball back. What happens? Hail Mary, App State. Tip ball at the goal line, caught at the five, run in, touchdown Mountaineers. They win the game. What a great weekend in Boone, North Carolina. Because they were partying before the game, and they were partying after the game. Bad weekend, Purdue. I already talked about it. Uh, Winning game, snatching defeat out of the jaws of victory is not a good trait. Not a good trait. And the Boilermakers have done it twice already this season. I don't know if the Jeff Brom bandwagon is still going hard here in Louisville, wanting the uh, former Cardinal, former former Cardinal quarterback, former Cardinal offense coordinator, doing great things at Purdue, had been doing great things at Purdue. I don't know if the shine has worn off or not. I guess it depends 
how well Scott Satterfield does the rest of the year compared to what Jeff Brom and his team do the rest of the year. I guess it boils down to that. But it was a bad weekend for the Boilers. Good weekend, Pac-12. Pac-12 had a really good weekend. You don't say that very often. But Washington is now 3-0 and after they beat 11th-ranked Michigan State 39-28, to one of the games I gave you in the unsponsored six-pack. And Oregon beat 12th-ranked BYU 41-20. to The Ducks, after that embarrassing opening loss to Georgia 49-3, to have been good lately and a really good win over an undefeated and 12th-ranked BYU team. That was the good for the, Pac- for the Pac-12. Now, USC, they won again. UCLA barely won against a bad opponent. Not good. Colorado got killed. I talked about Arizona State a minute ago. But overall, really good weekend for the Pac-12. Bad weekend, Trey Lance, the San Francisco wonderkind quarterback, broke his ankle. Jimmy Garoppolo had to come in and rescue the 49ers yesterday. All he does is win. Nobody wants Jimmy G to be the starter. All he does is win. But a bad weekend for Trey Lance. He's out for the year with that broken ankle. He played uh, about a game and a half of FCS football. He, Trey Lance has played one and a half games in the last four years. Yet he was the number three pick in the draft. And the savior in San Francisco, he wasn't good in the monsoon last week in Chicago. And now he's out rest of the year with a broken ankle. This will be four years he will have played a game and a half. Good weekend. I got to go Giants, Jets, Jaguars, Lions. All four teams won on the same day for the first time since 2011. The Giants are 2-0. and And they got Dallas coming up on uh, Monday Night Football next week in New York or in New Jersey. But the Giants are 2-0. Daniel Jones and a two-game winning streak, leading the NFC East. The Jets down 30-17, two touchdowns in the last minute 22 by that young hero Joe Flacco. He was on the, uh, you know, what do you call the pile of uh, CDs at the record store, Dave? It's. It's sitting in the in a bin, and you just it's you know clearance, clearance CDs. You know he was on the clearance pile. Three for one, get get three Joe Flacco's for one. And Zach Wilson gets hurt in the preseason. Joe Flacco's your starter. Two touchdown passes in the last minute, twenty-two, and the Jets beat the Cleveland Browns. Look, if the Browns lose every game, I'm fine with it. Karma will catch up with you at some point. Karma will catch up. You decided to sign Deshaun Watson to a guaranteed contract and structured so that he didn't lose money in his suspension year. Well, that's what you get. That's called karma. Detroit, we love them. We loved them because of hard knocks on HBO. And Dan Campbell, fun to watch. Listen, they're going to score some points. They scored 35 in that loss to Philadelphia last week. 35. They put up 36 yesterday, had a 22 to nothing lead. The Washington Commanders cut it to seven, but then Detroit answered every time Washington scored from then on, Detroit answered. So a feel-good win for the Lions. And then Jacksonville, I mentioned, shut out Indianapolis. Jags got some young talent. Travis Etienne's a really good running back. 
Josh Allen, not that Josh Allen, but Kentucky Josh Allen, really good on defense. They've got talent. Trevor Lawrence is a star waiting to have some other stars around him so he can be really, really good. And he's got a couple. One of the best signings of the offseason was Christian Kirk, the former Arizona Cardinals wide receiver. He had two more touchdowns yesterday after a great opening week. Jags are going to win more games uh, than they should. Probably not a playoff team. But the, the news of that game, of course, is will Frank Reich hang on to his job as head coach of the Colts? I find it hard to believe that he will. And the other bad weekend, well, Indianapolis Colts. Let's just continue with that theme. Shut out after a tie with Houston last week. They're 0-1-1. I guess you're not out of it because Houston's 0-1-1 as well. Jacksonville's 1-1. And uh, who else is in that division? Oh, that's just a bad division of football. Uh, the Tennessee Titans are 0-1, my Tennessee Titans. And they're in Buffalo tonight. So I'd be shocked if they're not 0-2. All right, Monday night football tonight. Tennessee at Buffalo. You got double dip tonight. Now, it's not a doubleheader in the traditional sense, not back-to-back games. These are staggered starts. One's on ESPN. One is on ABC. Channel 11 here in uh, the Ville. Tennessee's 0-1, Buffalo 1-0. The Bills look great in that Thursday night opener. They've had a week. They've had a couple extra days to to, uh, get ready for Tennessee. The Titans... Didn't look good other than Derrick Henry. They didn't look good in that loss to the Giants in Tennessee on opening day. 7-15 ESPN. Buffalo's a 10-point favorite. I got to lay the points here. I got to lay the points. The Bills were so impressive, so impressive in that Thursday night opener. Um, I don't think it was an anomaly. I don't. Josh Allen's that good. Stephon Diggs is that good. They got receivers. They got tight ends. They got running backs. They got a great defense. Von Miller adds to that defense. Um, I'm going to go Buffalo minus the 10. And then Minnesota, Philadelphia, both teams 1 0. ABC 830 start on that one. The Philadelphia Eagles, as Trevor would say, fly, Eagles fly. They are two and a half point favorites tonight at home against Minnesota. Kirk Cousins, I love him. I think Minnesota's going to have a great year but he's not good in prime time. He's not. He's a great 1 o'clock Sunday afternoon quarterback. He's a really good 420 Sunday afternoon quarterback. He's never been good on Thursday night, never been good on Sunday night, never been good on Monday night. I think the Eagles are the play here, minus the 2.5 at home. I think they win the game. A.J. Brown was a great addition in the offseason as a wide receiver. Uh, they got a couple of really good tight ends. Devontae Smith didn't have a catch last week in that win over Detroit, but I think he'll bounce back. Uh, and I think Jalen Hurts, he's the hes the X factor. He is the poor man's Lamar Jackson slash Kyler Murray. That's who he is right now. He's waiting on his contract. He was really good last week, both running and passing and, de- and decision-making. If that continues, the Eagles are going to be a team that you're going to have to contend with. I I still think they're going to win the NFC East. I don't think – look, I know Dallas stinks, even though they they somehow beat the Bengals. I I was going to bash the Bengals. I can't. It's too soon. They've lost two games so far by three points, one last-second field goal and one 
last second overtime field goal. <sighs> They're 0 2. The first Super Bowl participant to start out 0 2 since 2014, and they could have won both games. I'm not ready to hit the panic button in Cincinnati. I still think it's a playoff team. They go to the Jets this weekend. Now, if you lose to the Jets in New Jersey, if you lose to the Jets, all bets are off. All bets are off. But a tough loss again for the Bengals yesterday. <sighs> all right. Tomorrow, recap Monday Night Football. We'll uh, try to see what the Cats, Cards, and Hoosiers can do on Saturday as well. Thanks for listening. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Axe.